We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. This is live coverage from ABC News. Here is ABC News correspondent Aaron Katursky. President Trump is about to make remarks in Jerusalem with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. He greeted the president earlier today upon his arrival in the country where Mr. Trump has visited the Church of the Holy Sepulcher and also prayed at the Western Wall in an extraordinarily private moment with the president inches from the stone, his hand on it, and then placing a note inside one of the crevices, as is the custom. ABC's Karen Travers is traveling with President Trump now in Jerusalem, and she's with us live. Karen. Aaron, the President and Prime Minister just met for a pretty extensive amount of time, and now they're going to deliver remarks and then have a private dinner with their spouses at the Prime Minister's residence. The President has been very chatty in public today. We've seen him several times for a couple photo ops, and that warm relationship that he has with Netanyahu fully on display, both emphasizing the strong ties between the two nations and dispelling any notion that there's tension after President Trump shared that classified information the U.S. received from Israel with the Russians in the Oval Office earlier this month. Prime Minister Netanyahu said the intelligence cooperation is fantastic between the two countries. And the reporters were all getting hustled out of the room, and the President Trump seemed to call them back into the room, Aaron. And he said very forcefully, just so you know, I never mentioned the word or the name Israel during that conversation. Aaron, nobody ever accused the president of doing that, but we did know from sources that Israel was where the U.S. got that, inf that information from. The president essentially confirming on the record it was Israel. ABC's Karen Travers with the president in Jerusalem now, where he is posing for photos uh, with Prime Minister Netanyahu and their spouses against a backdrop of Israeli and American flags. Uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu arranging the, the two men and their wives for, for the different photos before they make remarks at the Prime Minister's residence. ABC's Karen Travers is traveling with the President. As she notes, the President went off script a bit today in uh, defending himself uh, amid accusations of divulging classified material that could have compromised an Israeli spy. Uh, here he is strictly uh, on message, or, or so we think, Karen. No questions are planned, right? So we think. This is billed as being remarks only, but you know the President sometimes likes to take questions when he feels like it. Everybody shouts at him at every single photo opportunity, but you can always tell if he's eager to answer. I have to say, it's uh, 8 o'clock local time here. The president has been running all day, day three of this very whirlwind trip. And Aaron, last night, White House officials acknowledged to us, pretty surprisingly, that the president was exhausted. So perhaps he's looking forward to a quiet dinner with just Netanyahu's uh, instead of another formal dinner with world leaders, something just a little bit more low-key. Uh, but we'll see if he takes some questions. It's certainly, we would be asking them. Karen, the, the president has so far uh, on this particular stop along his uh, overseas trip uh, has confined himself to largely symbolic moments. Uh, 
at what point does he get down to brass tacks as he tries to forge what he calls the ultimate deal, Mideast peace? Most of this trip is going to be symbolism and the early steps of diplomacy. The White House really is downplaying expectations that there will be any major breakthrough in the president's plan to restart Mideast peace negotiations, which of course have been on hold for nearly three years. That is the goal for him, a very ambitious goal. But it's notable that the president is still meeting separately with Prime Minister Netanyahu, and tomorrow he'll sit down with the Palestinian leader, Mahmoud Abbas. There was some talk and some questions at the White House about would they try and get those two leaders in the same room for the president to be the art of the deal maker, sit down at the negotiating table. The White House says soon. They want to do that. But right now, the conditions just aren't right to have that conversation. They say more work needs to be done one-on-one before the group effort. ABC's Karen Travers is traveling with President Trump on his nine-day overseas trip. Right now, he is in Jerusalem, where he is about to make remarks with Prime Minister Netanyahu. And you're listening to live coverage from ABC News. Before these remarks begin, we're getting an extraordinary tour, courtesy of Israeli television, of the Prime Minister's residence where these remarks uh, remarks are about to happen any moment now, but we could see the two men and their wives strolling through different parts of the residence, Prime Minister Netanyahu pointing out different things along the way. As Karen notes, an extraordinary relationship on display that may have had its roots with Karen, the President's son-in-law, Jared Kushner. The president's son-in-law and senior advisor, Jared Kushner, has played a very critical role in the planning of this entire trip, not just this leg. He was the key architect of the Saudi Arabia stop uh, that was, took place over the weekend. The Saudis reaching out to Kushner in the days after the election to say, let's get this going. We want to be the first place that the president comes to, which seemed remarkable and unlikely that it would happen. Most U.S. presidents go to Canada or Mexico early on in their term for their first trip, while the president waited until after. 100 days and the first stop Saudi Arabia. Now, Jared Kushner also playing a critical role in this stop, and he also has a long-standing relationship, remarkably, with Benjamin Netanyahu. Uh, Netanyahu grew up in the suburbs of Philadelphia, spent a lot of time in the United States, and was close with Kushner's family in North Jersey. And there's a great story that one time when he was staying in the United States, Netanyahu stayed at the Kushner house and even slept in Jared Kushner's childhood bedroom. Remember back when he came to the White House in February, he noted Jared Kushner sitting in the front row there in the East Room, and he started to make a joke saying, Jared, you know, can I talk about how long we've known each other? Remarkable when you consider that Kushner's not just the senior advisor, not just the president's son-in-law. He's really the Middle East peace process point person for the Trump administration, not the ambassador to Israel, not another diplomat. Jared Kushner, who has no experience at this point on the world stage in a diplomatic sense. Karen, you mentioned the ambassador, David Friedman, and the stated goal, at least during the campaign, of moving the U.S. embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Some of those uh, hardline policy pronouncements that Donald Trump made as a candidate have not appeared so far on this trip. It's a long list of things that President Trump pledged as candidate Trump, and now he's either walking away from or putting things on hold. It depends on who you ask. The White House says certainly conversations are continuing about moving the embassy, but it seemed like 
would they do that before this visit? They're not going to. It's not anything that will be announced before the president leaves here. And certainly an acknowledgement uh, from senior administration officials that it would just do too much to rock the boat at this point. Doesn't mean it's off the table, but it's not something the White House is ready to move forward on. I, I think recognizing that it's one thing to say things on the campaign trail, but then when you're trying to get scratched together a very fragile peace talk, uh, which is hasn't happened in years, doing something like that is not the way to start it. We're speaking with ABC's Karen Travers, who's traveling with the president in Jerusalem, where remarks are uh, just moments away now between President Trump and Prime Minister Netanyahu, their joint statement at the Prime Minister's residence. For all the warmth that is being displayed here, uh, the, the president may find himself in a different kind of company tomorrow when he meets with Palestinian leader Mahmoud Abbas. Not that Abbas is going to be rude, but mm -hmm. Palestinians may have a, a very different view of, of the American president. The Palestinian people, perhaps, but it was notable that when Mahmoud Abbas was at the White House, uh, I think it was in April, the optimism that he was expressing was quite remarkable, uh, given that President Trump doesn't have an outlined plan for how he wants to move forward on peace talks. The president has studiously avoided getting into any specifics. I mean, remember back in February, he said one state solution, two state solution, I'd be fine with either, as long as the two sides could agree agree to something. Well, that didn't go over very well. and The White House had to later say that he wasn't deviating from U.S. policy, still supporting a two-state solution. So it was remarkable when Mahmoud Abbas was at the White House, the, the de deference he seemed to be giving to the president. And I think you get a sense that the warm relationship that the president has with Benjamin Netanyahu, the Palestinians are hoping they could leverage that, uh, you know, to use that to put pressure on Netanyahu of, well, this is their best chance. This is the best relationship you're going to have with the U.S. president, certainly compared to where things stood with President Obama. And also, here's a way to appeal to President Trump. Mention deal-making, mention his experience in business, try to get him to want to sit at the table. And I think you'll see that in conversations uh, from both sides, saying, you said you want to make the ultimate deal. Well, you got to sit down and help us work this out. They know how much this means to the president. This very ambitious goal is something he really wants to try and achieve. ABC's Karen Travers traveling with the president on the early stages of his nine-day overseas trip. He began in Saudi Arabia, and when he flew directly into Tel Aviv, he became the, the, the first American president to do that, first uh, flight that anyone seems to have known uh, that came from Saudi Arabia into Israel uh, direct, and Prime Minister Netanyahu made mention of that piece of history upon welcoming the president in Tel Aviv. The president then went to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. He met with the Israeli Knesset briefly and then stopped by the, the Western Wall, the holiest site in Judaism, becoming the first sitting American president uh, to, to visit that site, placing his hand on the stone and leaving a note in the wall before departing and now spending time with Prime Minister Netanyahu at his residence. Their spouses are there with them and the doors have just opened into the assembly room where they will be giving their joint statement. You can hear the applause from some members of the staff now coming to their feet as Prime Minister Netanyahu, President Trump and their wives enter the room. You're listening to live coverage from ABC News. 
Melania Trump, Sarah Netanyahu have just entered the room where their husbands will be delivering a joint statement just moments from now. Please rise and welcome the President of the United States, Mr. Donald Trump, and the Prime Minister of the State of Israel, Mr. Benjamin Netanyahu. The introduction comes from the voice above and in walk the President and the Prime Minister wearing nearly matching suits, shirts and ties, taking their positions at their respective podiums next to President each other. President Trump, Donald, Sarah and I are absolutely delighted to welcome you and Melania to the Prime Minister's residence in Jerusalem, the eternal capital of the Jewish people, the united capital of the Jewish state. We've known each other for many years, and it's always good to see you. But it's also wonderful to see the blossoming friendship between our two beautiful wives, Sarah and Melania. You're so welcome here, and we're so pleased to see you. We're honored to have you in our home. You've been today, Mr. President, to the Western Wall, one of the holiest sites of Judaism. You've been to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre, one of the holiest sites of Christianity. We protect the Christian sites as no one else does anywhere in this region. We protect Christian sites, Muslim sites, obviously Jewish sites. We're committed to the freedom of all faiths and to the rights of all. Mr. President, I appreciate the fact that you went to the Western Wall and you're the first acting president who's done that. The people of Israel applaud you for it. We had a terrific discussion today, and when I say terrific, it encompasses everything. We could talk about deregulation, we could talk about economics. I think we quote each other. We understand each other and so much of the things that we wish to accomplish for both our countries. But I want to thank you especially today for your deep commitment to Israel's security, its well-being, and its future. I have no doubt that as we work together, you and I, the alliance between our countries will grow ever stronger. I want you to know how much we appreciate the change in American policy on Iran, which you enunciated so clearly just an hour ago. I want you to know how much we appreciate your bold decision to act against the use of chemical weapons in Syria. And I want to tell you also how much we appreciate the reassertion of American leadership in the Middle East. I look forward to working closely with you to confront the dangers we face together in this violent and volatile Middle East. I believe that together we could roll back Iran's march of aggression and terror in this region, and we can thwart Iran's unbridled ambition to become a nuclear weapon state. I also look forward to working closely with you to advance peace in our region, because you have noted so succinctly that common dangers are turning former enemies into partners. And that's where we see something new and potentially something very promising. It won't be simple, but for the first time in many years, and Mr. President, for the first time in my lifetime, 
I see a real hope for change. The Arab leaders who you met yesterday could help change the atmosphere, and they could help create the conditions for a realistic peace. These are all great signs on your historic visits. It's a visit that I think has echoed down the ages because the great Abraham Lincoln is reported to have said that there was no city on earth he so much desired to see as Jerusalem. Well, Mr. President Donald, there's no city on earth where you are more welcome than right here with us in Jerusalem. Welcome to Jerusalem. Welcome to Israel. Thank you very much, and it's a great honor to be with my good friend, Prime Minister Netanyahu, and of course, Sarah, thank you. And also thank you for that beautiful tour. Melania is still talking about it. Thank you very much. You honored me and Melania by being one of the first world leaders to visit the White House, as you know. And we had a very good and sound discussion. And now you honor us again by welcoming us to your home on my first trip abroad as the President of the United States. This is a land filled with beauty, wonder, and the Spirit of God. I've been amazed by the glorious and beautiful monuments and holy sites and the generosity of your incredible people. Thank you. Because it's all about the people. I was deeply moved by my visit today to the Western Wall. Words fail to capture the experience. It will leave an impression on me forever. Today, we reaffirm the unbreakable bond of friendship between Israel and the United States, a friendship built on our shared love of freedom, our shared belief in human dignity, and our shared hope for an Israel at lasting peace. We want Israel to have peace. But we are more than friends. We are great allies. We have so many opportunities in front of us. But we must seize them together. We must take advantage of the situation. And there are many, many things that can happen now that would never have been able to happen before, and we understand that very well. That includes advancing prosperity, defeating the evils of terrorism, and facing the threat of an Iranian regime that is threatening the region and causing so much violence and suffering. During my travels, I have seen many hopeful signs that lead me to believe that we can truly achieve a more peaceful future for this region and for people of all faiths and all beliefs and, frankly, all over the world. In my visit to Saudi Arabia, I met with many leaders of the Arab and Muslim world, including King Solomon, who treated us so beautifully, and 
really wants to see great things happen for the world. He really does. I got to know him well, and he really does. These leaders voice concerns we all share about ISIS, about Iran's rising ambitions and rolling back its gains, and about the menace of extremism that has spread through too many parts of the Muslim world. I'm encouraged that they pledge cooperation to confront terrorism and the hateful ideology that drives it so hard. America welcomes the action and support of any nation willing to do the hard but vital work in eradicating the violent ideologies that have caused so much needless bloodshed and killing here and all over the world. We are willing to work together. I believe that a new level of partnership is possible and will happen one that will bring greater safety to this region, greater security to the United States, and greater prosperity to the world. This includes a renewed effort at peace between the Israelis and the Palestinians. And I thank the Prime Minister for his commitment to pursuing the peace process. He's working very hard at it. It's not easy. I've heard it's one of the toughest deals of all. But I have a feeling that we're going to get there eventually, I hope. I'm certain we will have very productive discussions. And we're going to have very productive discussions, in my opinion, with the leaders of other nations also. And I feel strongly about that, because there's a lot of love out there. And people from all nations, even nations that you would be surprised to hear they want to stop the killing. They've had enough. America stands ready to assist in every way we can. Our deep and lasting friendship will only grow deeper and stronger as we work together in the days ahead. I thank you again for hosting us in this beautiful and ancient land Truly, it's a land of wonders, and it's my honor to be here with you. Sarah, thank you. Bibi, thank you. I appreciate it very much. Great honor. Thank you. Thank you. Live from Jerusalem, President Trump, side by side with Prime Minister Netanyahu, affirming a relationship built in part, he said, on the hope for Israel's lasting peace. The two men embrace, shake hands at the center of the room, take no questions from assembled reporters who are there and now are heading off stage with the, their wives for a photo opportunity uh, at the side of the room against a backdrop of American and Israeli flags. The president said peace is one of the toughest deals of all, but he expressed hope will get there eventually. The president cast himself as the difference maker, saying there are many things that can happen now that were not possible before. I'm Aaron Katursky. You're listening to live coverage from ABC News. Straight back to Jerusalem with ABC's Karen Travers. Karen.
Aaron, I think just to note for the listeners at home how remarkable this is, this is the third photo op that the president has had with the prime minister. And in each one, you would never guess that it's President Trump, who's the former television producer, because the prime minister has been essentially producing all of these photo ops, pointing out where everybody should stand, directing President Trump to shake hands, really leading the charge to make these photo opportunities as good as possible. Clearly, they're really aware of the optics right now. In terms of the substance of what they said. It was much of what we heard already today. But one thing that was notable from the prime minister, there's a lot of questions as to why people think that now there's an opportunity for a peace process to move forward when it's been stalled for three years, when the Obama administration couldn't make any headway. And something that Netanyahu said is similar to what Prime, uh, Palestinian President Abbas said, simply pointing to the fact that it is President Trump who is now president, that they say there's something about him that is bringing a renewed sense of optimism and hope. And perhaps it's because he doesn't have a game plan. He's not telling them the road for what they should do and the fact that it's a pretty unpredictable administration it's sort of a, an open book right now and the Israelis and the Palestinians could write the way forward Aaron ABC's Karen Travers with us live from Jerusalem the president and the prime minister with their wives have dinner tomorrow President Trump meets with Palestinian leader Mahmoud Abbas I'm Aaron Katursky you've been listening to live coverage from ABC News ABC News, honored. Winner for the third straight year with the Edward R. Murrow Award for overall excellence in television and radio. ABC News, America's number one news choice. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.